you for always joining. Thank you for always tuning in. Uh, it's great, great to announce that, yeah, we have come to the end of the book of Esther. Uh, it's been a great journey for 12 weeks. Uh, everybody that has been part of part of the journey, thank you very much. Uh, I really, really do appreciate your feedbacks. Uh, I got some very amazing feedbacks today. Uh, one from one of my my big mommies, if I, grandma. Uh, I, I'm going to read a comment uh, possibly at, at the end of the at the end of the lesson, and it's it's really humbling to see and and find that some of our parents are actually uh, listening to a young boy like me. I, I really I do I do not take it for granted. Thank you, sirs. Thank you for your for your guidance. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your mentorship and your training. So I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you, sirs and mas. Uh, and the the poll we've we've taken um, the, the 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 podcast uh, has a way of of telling us the age range of of our listeners and about forty percent of our listeners. Are in their sixties. That is humbling. That is humbling for me. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for your prayers. And I know, I know, that is a mommies. You're praying for me, so I, I really do not take it for granted. Thank you so much. So uh, we just get into chapter ten, the last chapter of the book, uh, and then we take some questions. I've got a few people uh, sending me questions. I'll just take those ones. Then if you have questions, uh, either about the book or generally, you can please also share uh, maybe comments on the on the comments on the Facebook or Instagram uh, live. Then uh, I'm going to take those questions. Praise God. Let's just say a word of prayers before we start. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. We ask as we go into this last chapter of this book, you open our eyes, you open our hearts to receive from you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So let's go straight into it. Uh, chapter 10. It's just got three verses. I'll just say a few things about it. So let me just read those three verses. Then uh, we'll pick up one or two lessons from there. Then pick up lessons from the book. Of Esther, generally, then we we'll take the questions. Uh, King Xerxes imposed a tribute throughout his empire, even to distant coastlands. His great achievements and his full account, and the full account of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are in the record of the book of history of the kings of Media and Persia. Mordecai the Jew became the prime minister with authority next to that of King Xerxes himself. It was very great among the Jews who held him in high esteem because he continued to work for the good of his people and to speak up for the welfare of all their descendants. What a way, what a beautiful way to end um, um, the book. Uh, however, this is, this is just the first three verses uh, of... Uh, in the in the in the uh, canonized Bible, that's the one we have. Uh, the Book of Esther ends here, uh, but in the apocryphal books, um, is God. I mean, continued the whole chapter continued 
and there are six more chapters after chapter 10. Well, yes, we're going to stop at chapter 10 uh, today because that's actually what's in the Bible. So uh, that's fine. So, um, so let's go. So two things, two major things here. Um, we, we, we had a bit of a hint about King Xerxes and his throne. Um, he, he, he became so mighty. And of course, about uh, Mordecai becoming his favorite and how great and blessed Mordecai was. Uh, number one, uh, yeah, so the, he had a, I mean, the king had a vast domain. Um, uh, so we've seen at the beginning that it was 127, 127 provinces. Then let's look at how great and good Mordecai was. Uh, and that's, that's one thing I want us to dwell just a little bit on before I take your questions. Uh, for the viewers, uh, for the live viewers, please type in your questions on Facebook or on uh, Instagram. And let me just take those questions ASAP. Okay. It was great. Mordecai was great. Uh, and we saw uh, the virtues in him. Number one, he was great with the king. Uh, and he was actually next to the king. He uh, was also great among the Jews. So not just because he was above them. Uh, he, he was also, I mean, he didn't forget uh, his home. And that is very, very key. A lot of people, I mean, I can tell you that a number of people listening to me now uh, have, have a relative in authority or have a friend who got promoted and forgot about his friends. Uh, I mean, some of us could have forgotten about our friends because, uh, like we say in my local palace, um, Levels have changed, uh, so people just forget forget their their friends. Uh, Mordecai was not like that. Uh, it was good, and it did, uh, and it did good. He uh, uh, did not disown his people. He did not disown his Jews, his fellow Jews, uh, and he was not ashamed to be uh, related. I mean, to be associated with them. Someone sent a question: Why did? Uh, Esther had to hide her, her identity. We'll treat that question uh, later. Uh, or why did Mordecai tell Esther not to reveal her identity? We'll treat that question uh, just in a bit. Uh, number two lesson I want us to also look at is that Mordecai did not seek his own wealth. He did not raise an estate for himself or his family. Uh, so he was always speaking for the welfare of his people. Uh, then he did not only do number three, he did not only do good, but he did it in a humble, condescensive way. Uh, so I mean, it was he remained humble. Um, it's it's easy, honestly speaking. Uh, it's easier said than done, like, like they do say. Uh, it's easy for people to change, uh, especially when power and and money comes in. But one 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 lesson we learned from Modica here is. He still remained his humble self. He still remained, he still remained um, as 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 faithful and humble as as possible. Okay, uh, and he did not side any one party of his people against another, nor make any his favor. So, uh, and this is very very key. That's where we're actually going to. That's the fourth lesson and the last lesson we're learning from Mordecai. A lot of us we 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 form cliques. We form uh groups if you don't belong here this is us this is our own uh and personally i hate clicks i don't know i don't know why 
I just hate it. Like, ah, oh, it irritates me. Uh, so Modeka didn't form clique of uh, uh, Jews who are Benjamites or Jews, uh, friend of the governor, like like we, like we had in, in, a, in a particular state in Nigeria where someone printed out a card, a business card, and his, his, his post on that business card is friend of the governor. So, I mean, he didn't, he didn't form a clique uh, of his people and so I'm causing or dividing them up doing divide and rule, having a, a clique for himself, and those who don't belong to that clique are treated second class. No, he didn't do that. Uh, this is a huge lesson for those of us in authority, those of us in teams, in groups. Please, let's, let's, just, let's just be one uh, indivisible uh, body of Christ. Uh, so those are the lessons uh, we want to learn. I mean, or I, I think we can we can bring up from those three verses. I will not go into the uh, uh, the uncanonized part of the book because, uh, but you can I mean that it's all over the. It's a global village now, so anybody can have access to it and just read it. I've talked about uh, uh, Mordecai now coming back to even acknowledge the hand of God uh, because. Uh, if you see the, the, the design we, we put out today, uh, why was God no, not uh, mentioned in the, in, in the book of Esther? Uh, the subsequent uh, chapters that were not canonized uh, talked about Mordecai uh, 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 um, trying to explain the reason why he didn't bow for, for, for Haman. That it's not because of pride, it's because he would not want to do something that would displease his God. So, uh, quite interesting but that's where we're going to be stopping that's verse three and that's where we're going to be stopping uh so god uh okay so um i mean wherever we've been uh uh we've been we've been ostracized wherever we've been we've been denied of our rights wherever we've been threatened uh, just as like God delivered the Israelites, he will deliver you and I in the name of Jesus. Okay, so let's quickly go to the questions I have here. Uh, question number one, I, I wouldn't know if you don't mind. Uh, well, maybe Let me not mention their names. Some of them may not want their names mentioned. Someone asked me, uh, how did you get to know uh, all these things? How did you get to study all these things? Uh, well, uh, at the risk of sounding religious, uh, yes, there's not there's nothing any man can do without God granting him um, the ability. Uh, I don't want to use the word grace now, so that I don't sound uh, Christianese. Uh, but there's nothing, nothing any man can do. Nothing we receive here on earth that is not a gift from God. So yeah, uh, I, I owe it to God. Uh, uh, and then uh, I think I also owe it to study. Um, my one of my mentors is late now, Pastor Diola Mudipe, a very highly talented, highly gifted musician. And he told me uh, uh, one of these days we're just talking. See, there's nothing like talent. Ah, he's a very talented musician <laughs> telling me that there's nothing like talent. He said, as talented as he was, he's, he practices like he rehearses. I mean, if he didn't sharpen the talent, it would be as, as rusty as anything. So, yes, you may have the gifting from God. You may have 
um, um, the ability to do things. But if you don't study, if you don't sharpen it, so I, I, I think uh, in my own way, uh, in my own little way, I give myself to just a little bit of study. Uh, and then because I'm, I'm an audiovisual person, uh, I, I grab more when I listen and, and, and watch than when I read. So, um, it, and because of technology these days, so I, I, could, I could just listen to the Bible. Uh, I was telling a group of people earlier today that um, uh, I, I just dedicated the time I, I spent in traffic. I dedicated it to listening to the Bible. And uh, surprisingly, even to myself, I finished the Bible in 35 days. Just by the time I spent in traffic going to work and coming back from work. So when I was starting this journey, I told myself, okay, the only thing you're going to miss is political analysis on radio. Because I, I love politics. I follow politics. I mean, those, those who know me know I do a lot of political analysis. So I, that was fasting for me. It may, not, it may not be for you, but it was fasting for me. That like, okay, I'm going to miss all these radio analyses and things like that. Okay, which I don't mind. Uh, just to read the Bible. And in 35 days, I, I, I finished reading the Bible. And I looked at them. Oh, so we, we actually, there's time. Now imagine the number of time we waste in traffic or we waste listening and arguing about things that are not profitable. So um, depending on what works for you, uh, if you're a reading person, some people are fast readers, faster readers than listeners. Some people are faster listeners than readers. So whatever works for you, just make sure you study. And of course, with the help of the Holy Spirit and with the help of God, uh, you will, you will, you will, you will do it. So. Yeah, it's possible. In fact, next time I'm going to read the Bible, I'll try and read it under one month. I'll try and finish the Bible in 30 days. Um, I, 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 if I was, if it was Lagos traffic, I would have finished the Bible under under 30 days. It was Abuja traffic that made me to even extend to 35 days because I spent an average of 35, 45 minutes uh, in traffic. So uh, one, a, a total of maybe one and a half hours max in a day. Uh, in traffic, but it was Lagos. <laughs> it's like eight hours in traffic. So, I mean, if, if I was in Lagos, I'll have finished the Bible in thirty days. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to try try to read the Bible all over again before the end of the year. I actually started in in June. I wanted to give myself a birthday gift that okay before my birthday in August, I'll finish the Bible. So, I started a sixty day plan, and the sixty day plan was supposed to end. A few days to my birthday so and so i think i have i have i have a, an early birthday gift so yes uh, if i can do it you can do it uh, even if you can finish the bible in 60 days in 90 days i mean there are loads of softwares and bible plans bible apps that can help you keep track of those things so i i i i started a, a, a jeff anderson um 60 day bible plan so and i did it in 35 days i, I mean I, I could i'm so 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 proud of that so yes, study, study. Uh, that's it. Number two, question number two. What time frame did the story of Esther take place? Okay. Um, actually, um, my pastor on Sunday gave a very, very uh, exciting analysis about this. Because we're actually treating the book of Nehemiah. I mean, and the story of Nehemiah actually, not the book of Nehemiah. Uh, so, and he gave a very exciting analysis. I had to put it and say, okay, I'm going to uh, use it to answer that question in Bible study today. So, uh, from 
after the wilderness, uh, I mean, the, after Egypt, the Israelites spent 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, they were ruled when they got, I mean, uh, the 40, after 40 years, they got to the promised land. Uh, they were ruled by judges for 400 years. Uh, then they were ruled by kings as a united territory for 165 years. So uh, during Rehoboam, uh, Solomon's son, the, the kingdom divided. So Judah was the southern kingdom. Israel was the northern kingdom. Israel had its capital in Samaria. Judah had its capital in, in Jerusalem. So the northern kingdom... After, so that's 165 years together. So when they did split it, after 200 years, the Israelites, the northern kingdom, Israel, were captured by, 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 by the Babylonians. So now, they, they now, uh, after another 140 years, after the capture of the, of the northern kingdom, so that's 340 years in total after division. The southern kingdom was captured by the same Babylonians. So now, when the southern kingdom was captured, if you read the book of Daniel, they were to be there for 70 years. So after 70 years, pressure came and um, uh, took, I mean, overthrew the, uh, the, the, the Babylonians. So it was around this time that the story of Ezra, I mean, Esther, Came up. So, if you look at it from uh, when they left the promised, I mean, when they left Egypt to reaching the promised land, it's almost a thousand years. So, I mean, one could really look at because it was when I saw this, and I'm okay. So, even if um, um, there was no much God in the vocabularies of 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 uh, Mordecai, he still understood that yes, this is God. So he could understand this was a thousand years after they left the promised land. About, do you understand? It's this is huge. I mean, so this the period was about um, uh, post Babylonian exile when the Jews still lived in Persia. And you can, uh, I don't want to go into that uh, uh, analysis because first batch went back. Uh, uh, when Cyrus became the king, went back to build Jerusalem, I mean, to build the temple, uh, which was stopped until Darius came, and so it was a whole lot of, uh, it took 20 years between when the temple was stopped and when Darius uh, allowed them to start rebuilding it again, then before Nehemiah to rebuild the wall, before also, it was a whole lot of, <laughs> uh, several uh, hundreds of years after they left um, Egypt. Why did, yeah, yeah, this is a good question. Why did Esther keep uh, Jewish nationality a secret? Uh, well, and then Mordecai was proud to associate with them here. Uh, there's time for everything. Um, number one, uh, the enemy of the, uh, the enemy of the, of the Jews may not be totally def defeated if they are known that, oh, uh, Esther is, is related to them. Then number two, uh, they might, they might have planned, you know, if they know that they have someone in the palace, their plan may be higher and to take maybe longer to overthrow their plan. But they thought that, oh, there's nobody, they don't have anybody in the palace. Nobody can speak to the king. Uh, Haman thought he has sealed everything. Uh, so, uh, and of course, uh, uh, Mordecai, who was also the person that was proud to be associated with the Jews, 
was the one that actually uh, counseled or, 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 or advised Esther to keep her Jewish nationality uh, a secret. And Esther trusted the words of Mordecai. And that's the lesson for, for us. Mordecai was like a father to Esther, although he, he was a cousin, but I mean, he was like a father to her. That's a father figure because Esther has lost her uh, appearance. Uh, so, but this, do your kids trust your words? A lot of us, we just make empty, I mean, promises to our children. Um, that's something that by the grace of God, I've been um, able to, I mean, if I promise, if I promise my child that I'm going to beat her, I will beat her. Like, <laughs> if I promise you, I'm going to do this for you, I will do it for you. So, uh, from little things like that, um, do our kids trust our words? And that's, that's a very, very huge lesson. I mean, when they trust the little things we tell them to do and they can rely, rely on it and trust it, then when we tell them to do the big things when they are uh, grown up and all that, by the grace of God again, by, by God's grace, uh, I think they will not uh, depart from it. Okay. Uh, so why did the king uh, make all those things, uh, uh, all those decrees, and um, uh, why, what lies make made the kings sign the war? Okay, uh, yeah, he thought uh, it was lied to that uh, the Jews are not like every other person. They are this, they are that, and just lies and lies. And then uh, Amman wanted to pay a bribe. Uh, it's, you can listen to one of the. Uh, one of the teachings, I think it's part uh, four, uh, it takes care of that. Okay, yeah, I think that's all questions. Is there anybody, any of our live audiences uh, with questions before we close? Any question? Yeah, thank you very much. So let's look at some lessons I put down here, um, some lessons from the book um, in general. Number one, God takes care of his own, even in foreign lands. I don't know who is speaking with me now, who is listening to me now, and you feel that you're far away from home. God takes care of his home, no matter uh, what condition you are in that land you are in. God will take care of you. It's a promise. God will take care of you. Um, number two, uh, lesson number two, don't worry about the outcome before it comes. Wow. Don't worry about the outcome before it comes. I mean, if you are worried, sick, and things, you are dejected, wait for the outcome because God knows the end right from the beginning. I mean, it's in the future. Like I just said, the future already happened. So, yes, don't worry about the outcome before it comes. God wants your obedience, and he will reward you for it. Praise God. Lesson number three, God is always at work everywhere at once to see that his name is honored especially when we ask him to do it that's number four only god can turn the hearts of kings only god can turn the hearts of kings only god only god that's number five god expects us to defend ourselves from the from enemies but do it his way and there's a balance. I mean, time will not permit me. Our time is, is almost up to even to dwell on this. Yes, we, there are times that we will have to uh, defend ourselves against our enemies. The balance is how do we do it? The how is the balance. The what 
is not um, um, is not in context here. Yes, God wants us to to, to defend ourselves. There are times that we need to yes protect ourselves and defend ourselves. But how do we go about it? We do it His way. Lesson number six. We're going to ten lessons. Number six. Ask God to go before you in all things, and He will work out all the details. Uh, this morning I was listening to a snippet of a, of a sermon. Uh, and it was really, uh, I mean, it was it was dissecting that word, that verse, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean out on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him. <laughs> in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Acknowledging God in all your ways, like if you, in everything you do, acknowledge that, oh, this is the hand of God. The hand of God is this one. Then it shall direct your path. That's a that's a deep word. Don't, don't let's don't let's go into that today. Uh, lesson number seven: Pray hard and passionately. Love God with everything you are. He will always rescue you. Lesson number eight: Be thorough, leaving no, no loose ends to be used for evil purposes. So be thorough. Please be thorough. Um, being Christians doesn't mean uh, we should uh, do things haphazardly. Lesson number nine. Um, I'm sure the king had more pressing matters to attend to. Um, care about the most important ones. Whatever God is involved in is most important. Don't wait for circumstances to personally threaten you before you confront sin. So, yes, there will, there will never be a perfect time. There will never be a perfect time. Um, it will always, I mean, but don't wait until the situation. There are times that you need to take up uh, the bold step or the bull by the horn, like they say. Take up the bold step and confront sin. And lesson number 10, no matter how pompous your enemies are, God wins. Like that song, I say, God, you win. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, no matter how pompous your enemies are, God wins. He has a way with dealing with evil. Uh, I put here, is that a poetic justice? But God is always the author of that phrase. I mean, God is is awesome. Is I mean, is just sovereign. So no matter how pompous your enemies are, God wins. I mean, that's something we should keep. Okay, I think I have a question. Do I have a question on Instagram? Instagram, okay. I have a question on Facebook. Okay. Why? Uh, okay, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Pastor Jalano. Why did the name of God, why was the name of God not mentioned in the book of Esther? Uh, I think we treated it last week or, or two weeks ago. Mordecai um, wrote the book. We believe that a lot of People believe that it was Mordecai that wrote the book. Others said uh, the author is not known, but I want to believe that Mordecai wrote the book uh, in the palace, in the palace of Susa, uh, while Nehemiah wrote his own book in Jerusalem. And now look at it. These people have been far, have been away from home for hundreds of years. So in the palace of Susa, the, the vocabulary there doesn't involve Yahweh. 
the vocabulary in that in that in the environment is more of policy and polity and all those things. Nehemiah, on the other hand, wrote his book, his own book in Jerusalem, whereby that's the center of religion. God is always in their vocabulary. So that could be one. Number two, some other people that, that believe that the author is unknown believe that um, the book itself was just taken like an excerpt from the records of the kings of, of Persia. Uh, so probably it was Mordecai also that wrote that, in, uh, put it in the record of the kings of Persia uh, about the deliverance of these particular people and what happened. So if it was in the record of the kings of Persia, I mean, they don't, they don't believe in Yahweh, they don't know Yahweh, so they wouldn't have, have put, uh, uh, I mean, they would not be, uh, uh, wouldn't have been God uh, mentioned word for word, uh, that word Yahweh mentioned in the book. But um, with or without the mention of the name of God, two things here that really fought and won this battle was favor and honor. A woman used honor, communicated honor to her husband without shooting an arrow, without, without lifting a ballistic missile, crushed her enemies communicated honor and that she knew that it was the favor of god on her and part of thing, the things we said in part two of this of this teaching is that favor is repeatable favor is is predictable and repeatable so uh proverbs 25 11 am i right proverbs 25 11 or 25 13 says uh, good understanding births favor so if you want favor repeatedly Good understanding. Good understanding. What is good understanding? How do you get good understanding? From the word of God. So good understanding births favor. But it says the way of the transgressors we find over that favor. Favor is repeatable. And the favor of the Lord will be upon us in Jesus' name. So those are the two major ingredients that was used in fighting the war here. Uh, and that's to show us another lesson we learned last week was uh, some people may be in the, uh, they are up they are. They may be around places that or in their places of work or situations may just be that they may not be able to mention word for word Yahweh or God or Jehovah. That doesn't mean they don't acknowledge in their hearts that God is still God. Jesus is still the Lord. And that's so that we don't just uh, be overly judgmental. Oh, he's been there. He should have been shouting Jesus from the top of the roof. That doesn't mean he has denied his faith or he's no longer proud of Jesus. And a story of 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 Naaman, uh, uh, Naaman who was healed of of his leprosy, uh, leprosy, and uh, when he came back to Elisha, he said, "Well, now I believe that there is no other god than the god of 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 of, of Israel." And he, he, he took a permission from from uh, Elisha, and that really struck me. Um, I actually got this this uh, from uh, one of my lecturers in seminary, uh, Doctor Deshino. Um, an amazing lecturer. Uh, so I, I've, I've been reading that story, but I've never really paid attention to that. It was just discussing with someone. I was is dropping, and I, I heard that that yeah, Naaman came back to to Elisha and asked him and said, "Please, I know there is only one God, the only the God, the only God that exists, is the God of Israel. But permit me, my job requires that when the king of Syria." goes to worship his God in his own temple. My job 
is that I must follow him to the temple. And when he wants to bow down, as the king is bowing down, me too, I need to bow down because the king cannot be bowing down and I'm standing. But know that when I'm bowing down in that temple of the God, of that king, I'm not bowing down to that God, I'm bowing down to Yahweh. And I, I just looked at it. So someone may be a, just for instance, you may, you may be in, in secret service, you're in DSS, you're a, you're a security agent, and you're an oddly to someone who visits shrine and, and you have to be there with them. That doesn't mean you have, you have do you understand? He said, even if I'm though I'm in that shrine, and looked at it, look what has God done. God has taken Yahweh into even into the shrine of their God. So, yeah, people may not, their jobs or their situations or circumstances may not allow them, um, may not allow them uh, 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 do as some of us may expect them to do. And that doesn't mean they have left the faith, that doesn't mean they are backslidden, that doesn't mean they are no longer uh, in faith. That is just, uh, and God is the one that sees our hearts. And God who sees our hearts uh, is able to reward us and, uh, and accord, reward us accordingly. So uh, I think we should not just be uh, men pleasers. Thank you very much, sir, Pastor uh, Ijalano. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, these are some of our big brothers uh, who listen to us and uh, it's really humbling. Thank you so much. Any other question on Facebook or Instagram uh, before we say the closing prayers? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Next week, we're going to start another series and this time I'm going to be doing it with one or two other people. Uh, we're going to be doing the story of Samson. Uh, Samson is a very, 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 very interesting story. And mostly, uh, 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 mostly, how do I say it now? Misunderstood story. So, Samson, the story of strength, betrayal, and carelessness. We're going to learn a bit uh, from Samson. Uh, thank you very much for this. Thank you so much. I, I, I really do appreciate you. Please feel free to send your feedbacks. Uh, feel free to talk to us i mean if you need to improve on something i said that one of my mom's my big mommies uh, uh let me see if i can get uh okay let me see she there I'm trying to get a uh, uh okay yes so uh mommy sent me this um I'll just read a bit because it's 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 lengthy, you know, our grammars and lengthy WhatsApp messages. <laughs> I'll just read a bit of it and it's just encourage us uh, and this this is reality. Well done, my dear. More anointing for greater exploits in Jesus' name. Go ahead to encourage and teach each other as youth to be obedient and loyal to God instead of getting weary, frustrated, and depressed in the vineyard of God. There's so much to be done scripturally. To bring down the expected end time revival much more massive and global than what happened in the 1930s the youths must be focused sincerely for god like joseph in potiphar's house like esther in susan in susan palace 
and not like Samson who wasted away the covenant of God on him due for the love of the world. And mommy didn't know that we're actually starting Samson uh, as the next, <laughs> as the next uh, uh, thing, as the next teaching. Our youths are expected to carry the vanguard of biblical pro progress to the end of the world. This is because the lines are falling onto you in pleasant places and you have inherited a goodly heritage. Uh, expectations on all of you will not be cut off in Jesus' name. It's it's lengthy, it's lengthy. You know, mom is. Uh, thank you very much, Grandma. Grandma, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ma. I really appreciate. And other grandmas and grandpas that always, always listen to, to us. Uh, it's really humbling. And thank you for your prayers. I know you've been praying for me. I know. Thank you so much. God bless you. So I'll see you next week by the grace of God. And we're starting a new series the story of Samson. Uh, a story of strength, betrayal, and carelessness. We'll see uh, what God is going to allow us to, 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 to learn from there. Let's just say a word of prayer. Uh, please, you can still send me your questions if you have other, or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, send me your questions, phototalkbydata uh, at gmail.com, or just follow me on any of the social media platforms at phototalkbydata. You can, you can take the discussion forward. Let's say a word of prayers uh, while we close. Uh, actually, don't feel like going. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's almost uh, 8.40. Father, we thank you. Thank you for these 12 weeks. Thank you for this great opportunity to be to, to, to share the word with your sons and daughters all over the world. I ask that you give us the divine ability Command favor, divine ability to communicate honor in everything we do, everywhere we are, in the name of Jesus. And if there's anybody undergoing stress, pressure, be it from work, from home, from school, in the businesses, in church, in ministry, every of those pressure, I speak peace, be still in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much, Instagram audience. And thank you so much, Facebook audience. Have a wonderful, wonderful time. Bye.